Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening wherever you are. Today is the 19th of June. Welcome to episode 14 of the Groovy Podcast with me, Peter Lebrook, casting from London, England. And me, Ken Cousin, podcasting from Marlborough, Connecticut, actually home, despite United's best efforts to prevent that. And uh, me, Baruch, uh, podcasting from Santa Clara, where I am now permanently resident and very excited about it. Yeah, it sounds like like uh, half of Gradle and uh, JFrog have moved to California, uh, the Silicon Valley area. Um, it's a beautiful place. I actually think it's a. I almost considered moving there once. So um, yeah, good on you guys. I uh, hope you enjoy your time there, uh, and I'm glad. Glad you managed to survive United Airlines. I'm not a big fan of them myself, Ken. But <laughs> oh man, uh, I mean, I was uh, stuck in uh, in uh, Charleston, South Carolina last night, and they can't. They delayed and delayed, and delayed, and then they canceled the flight. And I've been up since 4 a.m. this morning. Just made it back in time for the podcast. And of course, that's the important thing. So yes, excellent. And as long as you don't fall asleep because you were up at four o'clock this morning. I slept on the plane, man. So. Oh, excellent. Uh, yeah, I can never do that. Anyway, so uh, it is middle of summer. Uh, July is almost upon us, so things are kind of usually quiet around this time. So uh, a few items of interest. I think we've got just enough news to give you some uh, stuff to discuss over coffee with your partners and children and whoever else you discuss things with over <laughs> coffee. Uh, so first things first, uh, Groovy244, the release is currently in the works. If you've been wondering uh, what's happening there, it's the first release, I believe, under the aegises of the Apache project. Ah. And so it's hitting various roadblocks. Um, well, not roadblocks as such, uh, little sleeping policemen, as we call them in the UK. They're little bumps in the road that try to slow the traffic down. So uh, there are various issues around the uh, the source release because you're not allowed binary jar files. So anything with compiled classes, you can't really include in a source um, distribution. And one of the tests or a bundle of tests require this jar file to run. So anyway, I think they've resolved that one. They're resolving another one about documentation and the license on that. Fingers crossed. Every future release will go much more smoothly as the whole process gets nailed down on this one. So it will come in this soon-ish, I'm sure. And shortly after, it'll be on GVM, presumably. Yes, you know, if it's still called GVM. He's still referring to it that way, and there was an update, in fact, for GVM to handle some uh, SSL certificate issues as well. Did you notice that? Uh, well, I noticed there was a 242, I think. Right. I think it's a self update or something like that, command or whatever. Yeah. Um, mine, mine says there's no update available, but, you know. But his the Twitter account is called SDK Manager, so I think he's preparing the way for that final rename. Um, I'm not sure when it will happen, so we'll see. I, I got to say, I'm still sad about that. I, I like the name GVM. I, I don't want to lose it. I don't mind also having SDK Manager, but oh well. Well, don't worry. Yeah. Anything that's really liked, the, the names always stay. Like, you know, best efforts companies make, they try to change names, and it just doesn't happen. So well, it happened to Gregor. <clears throat> it happened to Gregor. 
Right. That's that's another big news item. I didn't know if you wanted to do that next or, or get to that later. Is the the fact that Gradleware is now Gradle, and their website will be Gradle.com instead of Gradleware. Oh, it yeah. is Gradle.com already. Well, there is a website. Yeah, so it's Gradle Inc. Um, changing the name of a company is easier than changing the name of a uh, uh, a product that people have. So I can't see them changing the name of Gradle and it being picked up very easily. But yeah, so this uh, new logo, which has an elephant ah, in it, and I am... I got my elephant here. This is from the Gradle Summit there. The angry Gradle fan, as everybody was referring to it. I see the eye. looks like he's mad. But there is, if you see very closely, a little bird in there who seems to be happy. So this is your enterprise build tool creating or building happiness for the bird. But that's about all I got out of it so far. Ah, okay, so, so the elephant is the enterprise, and the little happy bird makes everyone happy in the enterprise. Well, officially, I'm not sure. Because there was some discussions about it, but it's not officially released yet. And I know there's going to be a lot of discussions in general. But uh, Hans' doctor, he was at the summit. He seemed pretty happy about it. Uh, I don't know. I think, you know, maybe it's angry because, as I mentioned, it's only got three legs. You know, the poor elephant there. But uh, I don't know if they've talked to the Hadoop people or to the, well, who else? Evernote, I guess. And who else uses an elephant? There's like three of them, right? And there is Twitter inside the Hadoop. Or yeah, and then, a, and then a Twitter bird inside the <laughs> I mean, it's going to be fun. I mean, you know, by the way, that's what always uh, turns out to be an issue when, uh, when a company changes its name to match the name of the software. They sometimes run into uh, legal issues that just take time for them to work out. I mean, that's what happened with, um, what's it, TenGen that became MongoDB? Yeah, yeah, yes. that was one, and there was another one. that When a company decides to change its name to match the software product, sometimes they get all kinds of problems with their trademarks and, and, and patents and stuff like that. But I assume they've worked all that out with Gradle. I'm going to have a tough time not calling it Gradleware, though, for a while. Yeah, I, I think I may have the, the same issue. But uh, Gradle, at least, I can't imagine there being many conflicts. Um, it's kind of unique. No, it's only between the company name and the product. That's all. That that's where the the legal issues come. Is that you have, you want one set of of uh, legal issues for the product and one for the company. And now if they both have the same name, there's uh, sometimes possibility of confusion or problems or whatever. Oh, okay. So I have to say, I I, I saw that logo. I didn't notice the eye. So I didn't realize it was an angry elephant. But I love I love the way its uh, its trunk curls around the G of Gradle. They also uh, call it. I a, think that's cute. I think even I asked um, Hans if the if the elephant had a name, you know, and he was saying that people were calling it Gradlefant, you know, Gradlefont, something like that. I I'm still not sure how to pronounce it. I was thinking, you know, Horton for an elephant that's already been taken, right? Yeah. Now here's a who, but you could call it Tim, as in Tim Horton. I mean, that's a Canadian joke. Nah, never mind. It was. Yeah, like, that's not that's not working nah. on me. Sorry. <laughs> we'll we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. Anyway, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, finding out, you know, what the uh, reasoning behind that logo is, and see it roll out completely. Because it's, uh, I think it's nice in the way that the original, the old logo is very quite um, clinical. Well, it's technical. It's a circle and looks sort of gearish and other stuff. So having a nice 
friendly or not so friendly elephant. Um, makes it more approachable. So we'll see how it goes. Anyway, enough on the. I think there are going to be lots of discussions on the Gradle logo when that uh, finally rolls out fully. Yep. Yeah, we so, just spent half of the podcast discussing it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it's that bike shed issue. We we're familiar with bike shed issues, aren't we? <laughs> Everybody has an opinion. <laughs> okay, so much much more important news is that Groovy in Action Second Edition finally went into print and apparently got shipped. So go on, Ken, show us. I'm ready for, I'm ready for my selfie. Here's my uh, Regina selfie here. I just got home, and darn if it wasn't sitting on the table. I probably ordered it four years ago for all that. But there we go. I guess I have to take a picture and post it to Twitter, right? Groovy in Action First Edition was and to this day remains my favorite technical book ever. So I've been really looking forward to this. Now, I've been reading individual chapters out of the PDF or the, the e-book for a while now. It's nice to actually have the official, you know, doorstop book, all 900. Actually, it's only about 870 pages. I thought it was over 900, but it's it's big and fat. But I'm really glad to have it. <laughs> yeah, so I, the, the, when when the EAP was announced, the early access was announced, I, I thought about ordering the, um, the paper book because by, uh, by that time, it was many years ago, I actually used paper books. But yeah. now doesn't make any sense because I don't have any paper book, so I of course have it in PDF. But it just for me it shows how long it took. I remember thinking about ordering a paper book, and for me now it's like, why would I do that? Well, because it's, some things are just easier to read in paper. You know, it's just easier to to hold and to, to browse through pieces of it. I mean, whereas with a PDF, you've got to. Uh, you can only see the one screen at a time. You get a sense of uh, length and and I don't know. I just I like books. It's like what do they say? Uh, a book is a successful solution to a particular problem, and it's not like we're, they're ever going to go away because it's an extraordinarily successful answer to that that difficulty. Now developers like the ebooks because they like to be able to search on it, and they and they like to be able to carry their library wherever they are. So I do things like I mean any book I really like I get both. Yeah. yeah. So last week, I I actually my my last day in Israel, I actually gave like two huge boxes of books away to 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 the library, and that's all. Now I'm officially paperless. Yeah. Last time, at, when two years ago, at, when Making Java Groovy finally came out, and I I they shipped a bunch of copies to the the Spring 1 2GX conference, which I was going to use to give away. And I pulled out the very first copy I'd ever had in my hands, and I'm looking at it, and I'm going, like, this is it? I mean, all those years, you know, it, it's like half the size of this book, you know? And it just didn't feel like it had the heft of the others. But so be it. I'm just really glad to have it. So anyway, the book's out. Peter, you know, you're looking forward to yours, I'm sure. Yes, I'll quickly put the order in. <laughs> well, and, and also, your practical groovy will will you're going to print that up at some point, right? Um, I'm not sure. So uh, there was never really intention to do a print version. It was always designed to be a book that would be open uh, alongside while you're coding. Something you're but, coding, and you just have a PDF open at the same time. Yeah, Mr. Hockey's books yeah. are all just lean pub PDFs. You know, you, you grab yeah. those, and then of course one of the ones I deal with a lot is a is an Android book called the 
the Busy Coder's Guide to Android, and it's 3,200 pages. Okay, so, so that's that's why somebody's busy. Yeah. I, well, I wonder what, what the Not Busy Coder's Guide would look like. But at any yeah. rate, you never print that one. It's just always a PDF, and he updates it every six to eight weeks and just keeps adding more and more and more. So it's, it's huge. Yeah, that's perfect. I actually thought that the reason the Groovy in Action 2nd Edition was took to so long is that the authors didn't want to finalize it because then I they wouldn't be able to update it. That was my conspiracy theory, why it took so long. Potentially. Anyway, it is with us now, so yes. <clears throat> if you're a Groovy developer, like me, uh, definitely recommend going putting in your order as soon as you can. Okay, so more news items. Grails 3.0.2 has been released, uh, so sort of bug fixes, a few other things. Uh, I think the big issue with Grails at the 3 at the moment, of course, is the plugins. So we've added a link which uh, will take you to a page which gives you a table of the current plugins and their status as to whether they've been uh, upgraded for Grails 3 or not yet. Uh, so I just saw the, the mail plugin actually is now available as a release candidate, 200RC1. Good. So that, was, that was one of the critical plugins. So there are other critical ones. I think Spring Security and Shiro on the security front still don't have version 3 yet. Um, but of course, because they're so closely, because Grails is so close to Spring Boot now, you can use uh, Spring Boot libraries that have Spring Boot initializers. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, so that's good. I mean, uh, the plugins are supposedly making their way over, and it apparently each person who updates their plugin claims that it's really not that much work to, to do the conversion. Have, have you heard something similar? Uh, I haven't heard, but I assume that is the case because it's really just binary packaging for runtime plugins. However, Shiro and Spring Security, they okay. have build-related stuff as well as runtime stuff, and... Uh, so those more complex ones, database migration was always going to be hard because it actually uh, has build stuff, but it also needs to run up a Grails instance in order to do diffs between GORM and a database without like starting up the whole application. So those kinds of things were kind of difficult. So, uh, But a lot of things. I mean, mail should really have been just fairly straightforward. Um, I hit a I hit a problem this week with Grails 2 with the plugins. I, I tweeted about it. It was that uh, apparently the the default Grails plugin repo is not working anymore. I assume that maybe that went to Codehouse or something. But in order for me to find any of the Grails 2 plugins uh, from within my Grails app, I had to add the Maven repo at repo.grails.org, which I presume is an artifactory one, right? Uh, yeah, I think it still is. Um, yes, yeah, so I so had to manually add that to my build.gradle file in order to find the plugins. So that's using this plugins command, I take it? No, no, I was just trying to, I pasted in a dependency for, say, the Google Visualization oh, okay. plugin and kept getting unresolved errors. So I had to add that Maven repo into the plugins section uh, because otherwise it was not finding any of the plugins I tried to add, not the console plugin, not Google Visualization, not anything else. Okay. okay, I've not I've seen not that. Seen uh, I just tweeted about it. I only, I, it, it makes me a little concerned because 
I did a Grails class a couple of weeks ago, and we couldn't get to the plugins, and I thought it was a firewall problem. But this week I was at a school, and they didn't have a firewall that was going to block anything. So when there was when it wasn't able to get it, I thought, wait a minute, there's something bigger going on. And that's when I found out that if you added the actual plugin repo directly, uh, then it worked. I'll I'll put something in the show notes, or maybe I'll put up a short blog post about that. Okay, cool. Um, so one other thing uh, with the Grail 3.0.2 release that went out on GVM, uh, it was also interesting to see Spring Boot 1.3.0 Milestone 1 was also released on GVM, and I think there was a shout-out from Marco, um, the, the guy behind GVM, because I think they've now made that as part of their release process. So when they build and release and publish a new version of Spring Boot, it automatically gets published to GVM. So I think that's cool. That's cool. So I think, unfortunately, none of us were at GreatConf EU, so uh, we don't have much to say about uh, that conference. So it was last week, was it, or the week before? Uh, the, the week, week before. before. The week before. So, uh, but fortunately, uh, Jen Strater has uh, done in a write-up, and we've put a link in there. So find out what sort of things were being talked about uh, and discussed at the conference. So uh, head that way and um, have a read. So thank you to Jen Strater for giving us that. And uh, Guillaume did... Um, uh, several people have already posted their, their slides online in Speaker Deck and things like that. Uh, Guillaume did his keynote on what was coming in Groovy, and he already posted that uh, those slides. And uh, that I believe his... Keynote was recorded, although it hasn't been released yet. Uh, Jeff Brown did a Grails one that turned out not to be recorded, but I don't know that anything came out of that talk that is going to change anything uh, that we're thinking about with Grails. Did you hear anything? Um, no, no, afraid not. I don't remember any major announcements other than the move to OCI. Oh, which reminds me, right, with OCI, as we noticed that uh, Dave Klein... Uh, the he and his boy uh, Ben are the authors of uh, Grails 2, a quick start guide, which is not just a great beginner book on Grails. I think it's like one of the best beginner books on anything you know they've ever read. Uh, any rate, Dave Klein has apparently joined OCI to work on Grails, and so has Colin Harrington, as well. So that's uh, very nice to see that they're expanding their their people. They're they're uh, very um, interested in working much more on Grails. It's it's good to see the support. Yeah, that's definitely good news. Um, so soon after the move across, so that's four people now, isn't it? Although the irony is, is that later it's Ben Klein who joined, of all places, Pivotal. Did you see that? No, I haven't. Uh -huh. Yeah, to work on DevOps-related stuff. You know, to work on Cloud Foundry, because that's kind of what Pivotal has done, right? Now, again, it's kind of my interpretation, but they've Pivotal's gone all in on Cloud Foundry, on DevOps, and yeah. the developers are the ones who are kind of, you know, not necessarily favored anymore. So I, I, you know, I, in the midst of all the congratulations to to Ben, I was tempted to say, so, you know, how do you feel about this? And I thought, nah, just wait and see how it plays out. I don't want to give him a hard time about it, but it'll be interesting to see how that, how that. Uh, goes uh, over uh, in the long run. Yeah, so I was I was in Pivotal offices in Palo Alto yesterday. Um, they they had a new Relic meetup host, so I gave there um, uh, a little uh, presentation about Artifactory and New Relic. But uh, being there, I spoke with uh, Roman, who is in charge of open source in Pivotal now. So of course, I did give him a hard time about Groovy <laughs> and everything, and and, and he mentioned that. Pivotal now is Cloud Foundry 
and everything else, when this everything else get more and more neglected and smaller and pay less attention to it. So Pivotal is about Cloud Foundry first and all the rest second, if not third. Okay, I think it's heavy into big data as well. Uh, Green Plum plus uh, Spring XD on top of that. So uh, I was discussing with someone in training this week is uh, whether uh, how guaranteed they are is the continued support of Spring itself is going to be. Yeah. But yeah, definitely Cloud Foundry is definitely a big part. Uh, but you say fo less focus on developers. I think they would argue not so because. Um, one of the reasons for Cal Foundry is to make developers' lives easier in terms of the whole deployment process. Uh, so whether you agree with that or not, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, but then again, I was on the Cal Foundry developer advocate team. So <laughs> Didn't know that. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I'm not offended by anything. But I just wanted to throw that one out there. Uh, okay, so yeah, that's great news for Grails. Um, definitely shows that uh, uh, OCI have some intent to uh, pr really support the framework. So that's all very good. Uh, so as well as GreatConf EU a couple of weeks ago, there was the Gradle Summit last week. I was supposed to be there speaking. Unfortunately, um, I pulled out of that. But fortunately, Ken was there, if only briefly. So come on, Ken. What was the juicy gossip of the day? Well, then... Apparently, the big talk that everybody kept referring to afterwards was Luke Daly's talk about the new uh, build model. Uh, they've been doing all this extra work in order to optimize the build model so that they don't have to construct the entire model even when all you say is Gradle help, you know, just to find out what's available or even Gradle tasks. You know, they don't, it's, there's a real delay when they build the whole thing. This build model looks very powerful and sophisticated and is going to wind up. Um, having a lot of caching capabilities as well. Uh, I know cache invalidation is considered one of those really hard problems, you know, when to update a cache, but they've done an extraordinary amount of work which is all really going to be about performance. So uh, this was a big talk that was given. Everybody said if you missed the talk, it's worth it to watch the video on that. Uh, I don't know when the videos will be coming out, but I expect it will be relatively soon. The model itself I saw some pieces of it, but it got complicated quickly, so it kind of got over my head. I didn't get the sense, though, that this is coming out next week. I, I get the feeling that this is something they're going to be working on for the next several versions. I mean, I think between now and even the end of the year, they're really going to be grinding away, making this into something very, very powerful. The the other thing that, that sounds like, that sorry, sounds like major I'm sorry, major what? major version for Gradle. Yeah, it'll be a this big version of... jump, no question. Uh, one of the other things that was interesting to me, I don't know how interesting it was to everybody else, is that now they're doing, um, well, in Android they support the NDK stuff, but what the, the part that other people cared about is that Gradle is now doing well with C and C++. So that they're hoping to have that as a build tool for alternative languages as well, and and they're very excited about that support. And I don't know what the status of build tools is over there. The last time I wrote anything in C++, I was still using a make file. So I don't know what they do these days. Yeah, well, if you if you're not on scones, you ultimately use a make file for C and C++ anyway. I've I've been through various build tools. I'm happy to have left C++ behind, but 
I yeah. think the the native platform support has been one of the big drivers for this whole new configuration model the new yes. model. So um, I'm definitely I'd. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that video if it does become available because I'd like to see the details of it. Uh, I was kind of mistakenly under the impression that Gradle 2.4 introduced some early parts of that, but it wasn't. The 2.4 was just performance improvements unrelated to this new configuration model. So uh, we shall keep our um, uh, hold on to our suspenders until they eventually release it. Yeah, so, so between... Between that and the discussion of the new company name and the and the icon, which was, believe me, the subject of constant discussion throughout the conference, uh, that's pretty much the big news that I that I got out of the, the Gradle Summit. I will say, by the way, it was a lot of fun. I mean, a lot of really friendly people all working on interesting things. It was good to see uh, Cedric was there. Cedric Champeau was, even though he wasn't giving a talk and. Uh, you know, of course, Luke had made the trip all the way up from Australia. It was good to see him as well. So it was just a lot of fun to go to that conference. And were some of the ex-Londonites there? Because Rob Fletcher was there. Oh, yeah. Rob was there. Absolutely. I didn't get to talk to him, but I, I saw him around. Okay. Was Thomas Lynn there? I didn't see him, but I don't know if he was there or not. Okay. They probably banned him. He's a troublemaker. Anyway, right. having, having slandered Thomas... <laughs> <laughs> no, Thomas is a good guy. I like him. So, so clearly, after this podcast, we're going to hear from Dave and Ben Klein. We're going to hear from Thomas Lynn. We're going to hear from... I mean, we're just racking them up now, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think um, this could be the last episode. So <laughs> before we do go, I uh, just wanted to... One last news item. Apparently, according to Dan Veloper, they uh, the Rat Pack team have already started discussions on Rat Pack 2. And in case you missed it, yes, Gradle Rat Pack 1.0 hasn't yet been released. So <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> we shall see what happens on that front. So hopefully we're looking forward to a 1.0 release in the near future, uh, possibly after the summer break. But anyway, so one last thing. If you do want to be entertained, make sure you find Dan Woods' LinkedIn profile. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, this Great. It is so good. Yes, yeah, he, he's responsible for all sorts of disasters. So take a look. We'll have to add that to the show notes then. Right. Okay, so thanks very much, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you have any feedback, then let us know. Ping us on Twitter or our Google Plus page. Uh, or if you know any of our email addresses, then feel free to email us as well. Okay, so thanks very much from me, Peter, and from the rest of the gang. See you next time. Bye-bye. Take care.